Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, folks. There's a resilience investment plan currently uh, sitting before the New Orleans City Council that's about hardening the infrastructure. And the Entergy Organization recently... Uh, engaged in in economic impact study. Uh, The results are out there as well. And Nika Scott, Director of Public Affairs, uh, Energy New Orleans, as well as Josh Flagg, Senior Vice President of Business Development at Greater New Orleans, Inc., join us to talk about it. Folks, welcome to the show and Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. Glad to be here. Thank you, Noel. Thanks for having us. So, folks, uh, let's talk about the uh, resilience investment plan. Obviously, that's something that's very important to the uh, ratepayers and consumers uh, because of the challenges that we face all the time uh, down in uh, southeast Louisiana. Where are we uh, and, and how soon do we expect that we can get this thing started? Uh, yeah, Noel. So, um, so we filed um, our resilience plan, which we're calling Operation Gridiron, because we're literally trying to, to make our grid strong like iron. Uh, we filed this plan early, um, early 2022, mid 2022, and we were hoping to have a, a decision by the council in, in December of this past year, uh, but but that didn't happen. Uh, there is um, a climate committee meeting scheduled for January 24th of this year, and we're hoping that the council will take it up at that time. Uh, how confident are we that that's going to happen? Um, I'm not a betting person, uh, but, but we have, we are certainly asking them to do it. And we've, we've met with multiple council members um, and asked them, asked them to support it and asked them to put it on the agenda for the 24th. Um, and we, we hope that it's going to happen because every, every day that we wait is just one day closer to hurricane season which kicks off literally, what, three months, four months from today, January, uh, June 4th. So the sooner we can get these projects started, the stronger our grid will be when the next storm comes because we know that it's not a matter of if a storm is coming. I mean, when a storm is coming, it, it is coming. We know that. So, and, Nika, every, every day that we, we delay is a, del- is a day lost, right, because there's actually activities. I've seen you all do it in my neighborhood where you all are 
punching these uh, metal sleeves along the side of, of wood posts to help uh, create more rigidity right at the ground level where that's the highest tendency of those poles snapping is a, is really a, it truly is a day loss and, and a day loss of advancing this project forward. It is, Noel. And, you know, the project is it's an exciting one. It's the biggest kind of infrastructure project we've done in, in the history of the city um, since we've been here. It is it is it's not it's not sexy. It is kind of just the nuts and bolts of our system that, that we're upgrading and, and making harder. You know, our system was built about 60, 70 years ago. Um, you know, and just like a car, you can you can change the oil in it. You can change your tires. But at some point, you got to get a new car. And, um, you know, this project replaces uh, 26,000 poles citywide, um, you know, hundreds of miles of wire, and it's upgrading all of them. We know that storms, and we've seen this over the past few years, we are getting more frequent and stronger storms hitting the Gulf Coast. And in 2020 and 2021 alone, we had like four storms hit the Louisiana coastline, um, and, they're, and they're stronger. So what this, what this project does, it upgrades our, our distribution poles to about 140-mile-an-hour wind resistance, our transmission poles up to 150-mile-an-hour uh, wind resistance, and then our wires as well. Um, we own about 96,000 poles. I mean, there's about 96,000 poles citywide, and about 45,000 of those are entergies. So we're upgrading well over half of our poles um, so that you don't see the poles snapping You know, during, during a major storm event. It's much cheaper. Uh, to make these repair now, repairs now than after a storm hits us, because as you know, when a storm hits, everybody's competing for new poles, new wires. Um, and if we have a, a pole that can withstand winds up to 140, 150 miles an hour, usually all we have to do is restring a wire, which gets our power back on a lot quicker. Nika, what's the bone of contention? I'm sorry, say that again. I didn't hear you. Uh, is there a bone of contention between this plan and the council? What are their concerns? Well, you know, I, I think that generally the council understands how important it is to, that our system is hardened. In fact, they're the ones who asked us to, to file this plan. Um, after Hurricane Ida came through, you know, we all know what happened to South Louisiana and New Orleans in particular after Ida hit. So the council came to us and said, hey, give us a plan. Make, your, make our system harder. Uh, make our system stronger, which is what we did. So we submitted this billion-dollar, you know, 10-year plan to make our, our system stronger and, and obviously cost, you know, you know, people, we have to pay for it somehow. It's not free. Um, so we are working with the council and we are looking at multiple ways um, to try to offset bill impacts to our customers. We understand that everything is more expensive. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, is, is we can, we can do this now when it's cheaper or we can do it after a storm where it's much more expensive and we don't want to have to pass, you know, those more expensive costs on the customers. If we can make it cheaper, we'd like to. And and how does this, um, I mean, is this part of the the, uh, the reason why uh, you filed this in 2022 and we're not going to get this resolved in 2020 until 2024, hopefully? Um, hopefully, you're right. Fingers crossed. Um, we, we, we do want it resolved this year uh, just for the very reasons, you know, you said earlier. Every day is one day closer to storm season. And we've been really lucky the past two years that we haven't, you know, seen a storm. But I don't want us to get complacent. I want us to act. Um, I think the council wants us to act um, because, I, I, you know, I know it's important to them that we get the power back on as quickly as possible after a hurricane. 
Uh, you know, I've said this many times, um, not necessarily in, in defense of energy, but it's just obvious uh, in anything in life, you get what you pay for, right? I mean, uh, if you're not setting aside monies uh, in the rate structure to improve upon capital investment each and every year to, to have this type of maintenance plan moving forward, you find yourself having to do it all at one time. And the numbers are more expensive because each year with inflation or whatever, cost of materials, cost of goods go up, right? Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, and, you know, um, we do annual maintenance every year. Um, but this, to me, and, and I'm not the engineer here, so my engineers may, may tell me I'm wrong, but um, – you know, our annual maintenance includes things that we're doing now, you know, replacing poles. Um, but generally, you know, we have a 10-year, I think, inspection cycle on our poles. Or if a pole is hit by a car, you know, or snapped in two, then we replace it. But this, to me, is like our, our annual maintenance, but on steroids. Instead of sure. replacing yeah. one pole on a street, we may be replacing 15. And you just see those benefits, not just on that one street where these projects are occurring, but you see it in you know multiple blocks all the way around. So so it's a it's a very very robust annual kind of O and M um, program. Absolutely. So this brings us to um, this economic impact study. What role, uh, from your perspective, does does this play? Uh, is this informational for the council, or what, what is what is the role of the impact study? So, so, you know, companies do these often or, or rather not often, but probably every 10 years just to kind of measure their direct and indirect effects on businesses and, and their local economies. And we actually did this study. We started it back in, in 2021 or 2022, and we, we used our 2021 numbers, um, you know, because you have to use a full year and it just takes so long to get this, this information together. Um, and, you know, New Orleans is our home. Uh, we live here. Our company is headquartered here. And I think it's a really big deal to have a Fortune 500 company in your city and your state. And, you know, our this study confirms it. Um, you know, in fact, I think in, in 2021, there were only 136 Fortune 500 companies in the U.S. and only 37 states had them. Had them. So I think that we're really fortunate to have a Fortune 500 company, not just in our state, but in our city. Um, and, and we're just presenting this number as just one more benefit that having energy here brings to our city and our state. I read through the impact study, and I think it's fair that we should put some numbers out there. Um, you know, 404, $404 million spent to operate the headquarters, $154 million of that number spent on wages and salaries to pay roughly – 1,655 employees at the headquarters, which is an average wage of $93,205. That's 36% higher than the average wage in the parish. I mean, those are significant numbers. Obviously, Entergy has a total of approximately 12,000 employees company-wide. That's correct. Um, and, and we also generate uh, $269 million in household earnings for New Orleans residents. Um, and $493 million in sales at New Orleans businesses, um, with kind of three different sectors being the primary sectors that, that benefit from us. Um, and, you know, that's, that's also something with our resilience plan. It's a, it's a $1 billion plan, but we don't do that work. Um, you know, we're not a construction company. We, we hire an outside construction company to oversee it. We hire local local businesses 
and you know, one billion dollars of, of the work that will go from our in our resilience program will also go to local businesses. And that obviously has the trickle down effect, trickle down impact. Uh, every dollar spent in our community. I don't know, Josh, you may know the, the more recent numbers. At one time, they say it turns over seven times. Yeah, so, so I mean, I, I think to, to, to the broader point here, Newell, the, the, these are the gold standard of jobs, right? Headquarter jobs, attracting headquarters, retaining headquarters is the gold standard of, of economic development. I mean, not, and not only for all the reasons we just touched on, these are the highest paying jobs typically, um, they're knowledge-based or clean jobs, if you will, um, but their leverage to attract their vendors, their their clients to the area to create jobs as well is, is outsized. Um, and you see this happen near headquarters everywhere. I mean, Entergy has dozens and dozens of vendors that create hundreds, if not thousands, of jobs jobs in our region. Um, and so their multiplier effect is is gigantic. They're spending directly, you know, in, 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 uh, in various forms of, of taxes, payroll taxes for the individual, sales tax. I mean, all, all over the board, you see this through this economic impact study um, ha- having a tremendous impact on our region, almost half a billion dollars. Um, but what the, the hidden story here is those those indirect jobs are, are tremendous. And, and then the dollars that they pump back into the community through charitable giving and involvement from a kind of civic and a social perspective in the community is is tremendous. And so it's 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 actually the the you know I think what we are missing the most in our region is more headquarter jobs. And then when you get to the Fortune 500 level, like Micah was saying, that's uh, as big as it gets in the United States. So the the impact to Orleans Parish to the GNO Inc region is is uh, it cannot be understated in, in terms of the size and the scope of, of these types of jobs. I got to imagine that Entergy Louisiana, Entergy New Orleans combined non-governmental are they the largest in the state uh i believe auctioner technically um in terms of just head count throughout the state of louisiana uh is right. is larger private employer not you know to your point non-governmental um has right. got to be pretty pretty close though uh, but but keep in mind if we start counting indirect all of the all the field folks at Entergy leverages that are on someone else's payroll and all the vendors they work with, um, you, you probably get get there, right? If you start counting all those indirect jobs, right? And then and then when you think of all the affiliated uh, arrangements, uh, contracts, especially in the aftermath of a disaster that 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 they do manage, it's it's great when you have the corporate headquarters right here because you you really have the whole assessment model team, everybody stationed in headquarters. Would that be yeah, correct? You have to... No, that is that is key. Um, and it, look, it, it means something to have our, our corporate team here. We're introducing New Orleans is very fortunate uh, that we are so close to our corporate group. And 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 Noel, to your point, after a storm. For Ida, for instance, it was a two hundred million dollar, basically two hundred cost about two hundred million dollars from Ida cost. But we had over twenty thousand line workers come into the state to to you know get us to stand our system back up after. So um, that's that's just another way that that we have to kind of coordinate and work with corporate and Energy Louisiana when we're having to 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 take those actions after a storm event. Yeah. 
Go ahead, Josh. You were going to say something, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I was. I, I, you know, sort of back to this point um, of, of having the headquarters in, you know, in our region is the, they, the leverage, the center of power for that company is in our region. Their decisions are made from this region. And so when they strike a partnership or, or a deal with a new vendor, they, um, you know, they have that weight and that, that leverage to say, create jobs in our region. And so we, we saw this play out last year with the United Utility announcement. Um, you know, United Utility moved their headquarters to New Orleans last year. And, and a large part of that decision was based on their, their future partnership with, with Intergy. Um, that's a big deal that they, through that leverage of having their corporate headquarters here, were able to, you know, to strike a, a deal with a new vendor and and create jobs in our region through that partnership. Um, that's something I think that that goes undertold, or, or uh, you know, I think the impact sometimes is, is not reflected in, in some of these economic impact studies. And, and to obvious. Josh's point. You know, United is United Utility is the partner that will be overseeing all of the resilience projects should the council approve them. Right. Yeah. They're they're big. Uh, familiar with them. Um, Josh and and Nika, I, I and I don't remember who, but I know that there's been some folks that that are saying maybe we need to municipalize all of this and and run this as a governmental agency. In my view, uh, not to be critical, but I think that would be a complete and total disaster. Um, thoughts? Like, well, I'm going to let you take that Noel, one first. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, you know, Noel, it's just whether or not, you know, you want the city to run our power grid. Um, I, I don't certainly don't think there is any um, from, from a monetary standpoint uh, you know studies have shown you can look all over the country you know municipalization and deregulation does not necessarily mean cheaper rates for customers nor does it mean you're going to get your power back on quicker uh and i'll, I'll leave it at that well you cert you certainly don't get a discount on a pole right i mean <laughs> you know all of the supplies the materials the contracts those don't change uh, what does change is that you got to go do it, you know, in in a manner that's very costly. doesn't doesn't necessarily deliver the highest quality contractor to do the work for you because you're you're out there having to deal with um, public bid contracts, which been there, done that, managed that for roughly 20 years. There's nothing efficient about that. In fact, the system's not set up to be efficient. It's it's really set up just to keep people honest and to be inefficient in, in its application. I don't know how else to describe it, but having been there and done and, and, and worked within that, that, that context, I see a lot of value points that would be presented by leaving it just the way it is, as opposed to going, going down that path. And I mean, I'm not, that's not being critical of anyone. That's just the way the structure set up. Right. Yeah. I, I, I would agree, Newell. And, and I would add to that, you know, that, that we're seeing a, a ton of innovation and in electrification in general. And, mm -hmm. and government is not always set up to be, a, you know, kind of a bleeding edge innovator. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of your point. It's just a structural situation. And so, um, you know, times are changing quickly in electrification. And, uh, you know, the, the private sector is, is best suited to keep up with that, that level of innovation, that level of investment in innovation. Uh, and, and I think it's just it's where it belongs. Yeah. That's, a, that's um, a good point, Josh. You know, they the government can can give you money, right? They can they can help support uh, via grants and, and that sort of thing, which energy is absolutely taking advantage of. You know, we just received a fifty five million dollar grant grant. 
which which we're applying towards one of our resilience projects. So, you know, as a, a private sector employer, um, we're at least able to leverage those sort of things to benefit our customers. And you know what's interesting is a lot of people, um, you know, forget that when their power goes out, you have energy personnel's powers out as well. I mean, this is not the system is not set up in such a discriminating way where energy still has power, but every, everyone everyone else doesn't. You know, because you're right, Lloyd. It doesn't behoove you know, us to keep the power out at all. The, the, the incentive points they they align, and a lot of people think they don't align, but they do. <laughs> you know, so I just kind of make that that observation and I go back and I always get a lot of criticism when I say this, you get exactly what you pay for right now. Can there, can any organization be more efficient in the delivery of their services? Obviously there's not a single company out there that scores a 100, not that I'm aware of, um, you know, but when any time that you're involved in an activity where you're dealing with multiple people's property rights and right of ways and access and, you know, uh, the the code and, 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 and a lot of dealing with that, each one of those layers creates what? More, more inefficiency. And, you know, I've, I've said this before. I said it about Jefferson Parish. I'll say it about Orleans, every parish out there. We need to pretty ourselves up from a regulatory and ability to receive power perspective by what we allow people to build and how and what we allow them to plant and where. And quite frankly, I'll just say it, we suck at it. <laughs> we don't do it well. And we don't make anybody, whether it's Entergy or any other utility company, we don't make it easy for any of them. And the sooner that we come to that realization and look ourselves in the mirror critically, the better off we're going to be uh, moving forward. Uh, because the challenges are coming, whether you believe in climate change or not, we're being faced with a lot more challenges day in and day out, a lot of violent storms, this, that, and everything else, and a lot of little touch points that are susceptible to whether or not it's an animal chewing on a wire or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. And the, the sooner that we come to that realization, the, the better off we are. We, and we have a lot of antiquated development. Uh, out there, and it's hard to go back and undo and redo, right? Well, and no, obviously, we would never want the power to go out. But, but frankly, even yeah. if you physically could make a system that did, never went down, you couldn't afford it. It would be incredibly, incredibly expensive. Um, but you know, the fact of the matter is, is that we know that hardening our system works. Florida has done it. Um, we, we hired the consulting firm that Florida used to harden their system. United Utilities did the work in Florida. So we know that hardening our system and doing these things will 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 make us a much stronger and and much much more hardened electrical grid. Like a final thoughts. Look, if if you want if you want your grid hardened, if you want your power restored quicker after the storm, if you don't want to pay so much money in um, in storm recovery costs, ask your council members to vote vote yes on our storm hardening project on June, uh, January twenty fourth. Josh? 
Yeah, we are proud to have Energy headquartered here in New Orleans. The, the economic impact to our region is is tremendous. Um, it's the gold standard. We, we we need five more Energies headquartered here, and we need to retain the Energy headquarters that we have here and make sure that they're growing and and happy and uh, engaged and and driving more jobs here through partnerships like United Utilities. Absolutely. Appreciate y'all coming forward. Um, I read every page of the impact study and um, also the resilience investment plan uh, previously. And, and I think it's, I think it's well done spot on. Uh, there's a cost to this and um, we just have to be willing uh, to pay the cost. And unfortunately, so many of our other costs have gone up uh, that we didn't really anticipate that it kind of makes it, I know, difficult uh, to have the conversation, but it's an absolutely necessary conversation and it's an absolute necessary activity. We thank you all. Have a great week and uh, Happy New Year to both of y'all. Happy New Year, Newell. Take care. That's Nika Scott, Director of Public Affairs, Entergy New Orleans, and Josh Flagg, Senior Vice President of Business Development at Greater New Orleans, Inc. We'll be right back, folks. 504-260-260. 1870 on the Oakwood Heart Jewelers talk and text line. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.